Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. It's your boy Adam D in the driver's seat today. Follow us on Twitter at NumbillsFan. We got a website, numbillsfan.com. You probably heard that during the intro. And also make sure you go over and like our Facebook page. We do a live version of the podcast where you can come see our little face every Wednesday night. That's presented by our friends over at billsforlife.com. We're also brought to you by punchdrunksports.com, home of the Punch Drunk Sports podcast with comedians Sam Tripoli, Ari Shafir, and Jason Tebow talking mad shit about sports. Very funny. Uh, They're working on bringing out a podcast network that's going to have a podcast for every professional sports team. And we're their Buffalo Bills, guys. Very, very, very happy to be working with them. Really look forward to what the future brings with that network coming out. Um, So keep an eye out for that. We won't let you miss it. Don't worry. You'll see it everywhere. If you don't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, or really any other podcatcher app. You know, it's your standard RSS podcast feed. Subscribe. It's the easiest way. Check us out. We're loving it. Um, And we're brought to you today by our partners over at Shady Rays. Visit them at ShadyRays.com. Check out the uh, LaShawn McCoy edition sunglasses they got out. They're super dope. They sent us a pair to check out. Quality construction, polarized lenses. They back up their product. If you break them, lose them, whatever, they'll send you another pair. And every time you shop with Shady Rays, you're doing big things for charity. They're working with Feeding America, uh, putting out meals for for the starving homeless out here. Um, they're working with the LaShawn McCoy Foundation. If you buy the Shady McCoys, 25% of the sale goes right to his foundation fighting, uh, fighting off ALS, trying to find a cure once and for all. They're doing big things. And if that's not enough to to get you wanting, wanting to check it out, Promo code NUMBILLSFAN. Enter it at checkout. You'll get 25% off your first pair. Well, without further ado, let me dive in here and just say, I am not I am not about to podcast by myself. It's been done, but I ain't doing it. All right? So don't expect me to sit here and get too long-winded with you. The reason I'm here recording right now is last night we did our Facebook Live. But this, was, this wasn't our typical hop on goof off episode of facebook live we had a special guest for those who didn't hear about it that special guest two-time bills pro bowl linebacker takio spikes he's got a book out it's called behind the mask and it's available now at behind the mask book and let me tell you a little bit about it real real quick gives you a unique perspective of the league through the eyes of some of the most formidable linebackers to ever play the game. Um, you got greats like Mike Singletary going real, real deep with Takeo. I'm not going to get into it too much because what we're here for, I'm going to I'm gonna drop the audio from last night's episode so you can hear us on with Takeo. Keep in mind, we were on Facebook Live. There are a couple times we were like referencing things from the comments. It might sound a little silly. 
compared to like the typical our typical podcast where we don't have the comments and everything flowing in. So just bear in mind, you know, this was a live video. If you want if you prefer the video version, pop right over to Numbills Fan on Facebook and it's right there on pinned to the top of our page. You can't miss it. Um and if you weren't there for this one, make sure you get there next week. We're gonna we're gonna be on having a blast with all of our uh all of our listeners and viewers across the country and around the world. So without further ado, here's last night's episode of Numb Bills Fan Live with special guest, Takeo Spikes. On the line with us, we have the great Takeo Spikes. Um, Takeo, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? Oh, we're just, we're just hanging, man. Thanks so much for uh, you know, coming on with us. So what do you oh, got? good, man. Look, looking forward to it. What do you got going on with this book? Um, I found it really interesting that, um, you know, you, you found yourself into photography. And, and we're, we're guys who, you know, this is pretty much like your punk rock podcast here. Like, we're guys who grew up, we became friends through music. And um, I found it really interesting that, that, you know, we heard you with John Murphy have some interviews and we've always found you really fascinating because you, you not only had longevity in your career, but you've also found a passion outside of football, and you've also stayed so in tune and in touch with the game that you love. So, um, like, what, what, what happened to get this going? Well, it started for me back in 2010 when I played in the International Series with the San Francisco 49ers versus the Denver Broncos in London. I brought my camera on the plane, and a lot of guys was just joking with me, saying, Spikes, you're too big to be having a camera. So, you know, guys were making jokes, and I didn't mind. So when we got there, I took the first three to four days because we were there the entire week, and I took pictures of every monument. I took pictures of uh, the changing of the guards. I even did little mock photo shoots with guys on the team. And by the time we played the game, jumped back on the plane, all of the guys, well, one guy came up to me. He said, let me see some of the shots. And then one guy turned into like five guys over my shoulder. And then like three guys turned in over, you know, three more came. And then at the end of the day, all of the, the same guys who was joking with me about me taking pictures and I was too big to be taking pictures. Those were the same guys who came to me and said, Spikes, I like the shots. Can I get a copy, please? And so for me, that really triggered uh, my passion for photography after that. Now, are you like a Nikon guy or a Canon guy? I understand my friend was a photographer for a bit and he was a Nikon guy. So I don't know like what, what, what kind of camera do you use? I use the uh, Canon 5D Mark III. Nice. Nice, okay. That's so. what I, yeah, that's, I like to go around and shoot with that. So, um, now, I had, I have, I never thought I would honestly ever talk to, a, a, like, I mean, I, I've had guys that ended up on IR from the Bills this year that were signed to, like, a one-year deal. Like, I, I wish I could get a practice squad guy on this podcast with us. So, like, it's an honor that you're here. And I got to ask you something that I'm really wondering about, um, a little bit long-winded here. So I have this thing with the number 30. And 
I also have a thing where when the collective bargaining agreement kind of changed, you know, it, it, it changed. I forgot what year, about five years ago. And I thought that we would eventually in the NFL see, you know, guys getting pretty much less time with the coaches, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're hitting the off season and the bills have a new coach and Sean McDermott. And it's a bills fan. Um, we kind of go against the grain. We we believe we just want to just objectively read the tea leaves, see what's going on, and and not necessarily take the low hanging fruit as a podcast. That's kind of our angle. Like I really don't care to run the quarterback out of town when the defense was not up to snub. It's not. You, do you follow what I'm saying? Um, this yeah. this this off season is here, and and everybody wants to build up the team through the draft or through free agency or whatever. And you're a player that you played for so long, and, and you stayed in tune and in shape. And and we see guys like Lorenzo Alexander come in and absolutely tear it apart because he's doing what he's asked to do. Um, do you do you believe in thirty it, like being the number? I feel that I if I was to play GM, which I'm not, thankfully, I would rather have a guy that if. The scouts would say he's a little bit a half step slower, but is always doing what he's asked and in the right spot. I would rather have that guy than some dude who's green to the league that everybody thinks they could just like rotate players over. And and next thing you know, the Bills have a bunch of coaching staff changes every two to three years, and it's exhausting because these guys don't get to adhere to one system. Um, what's your theory? You think things are maybe going the other way, more towards veterans? Uh, I, you know what? I don't know, but I do know this. You do need a good mix uh, of veterans and young guys together in order to get what you want to uh, what you want to accomplish, and that's to win the Super Bowl. And you know, I can speak for Sean McDermott as far as the type of coach he is. He's very attention to detail. Uh, he 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 preaches all the time. Make sure you know your opponent better than they know themselves when it comes to tendencies because I played up under him when I was in Philadelphia. So I know he's a real student of the game. And so I know, you know, he's going to make sure that all of the guys are in tune with that part by itself. But ultimately overall, I think bottom line is, you know, as much as we hate seeing that carousel, as far as guys coming in and out, coaches coming in and out, uh, you know, Rex didn't work out. And I was one of the biggest Rex supporters out there because I felt like uh, he was exactly what they needed as far as the personnel, what they already had. It didn't work out. And so, you know, it's just time to move on now. Right. And we, we totally bought in to the, to the idea of Rex Ryan coming here and, and, you know, pumping this defense up. And we had so many talented players on the roster and we saw so, so many guys be so explosive in so many different spots. But just kind of felt like we were never firing on on all cylinders. Um, from a player's standpoint, what do you what do you think the disconnect was there? Uh, I mean, I don't know because I wasn't in the locker room. But I mean, just looking from the outside in, I mean, the disconnect. Yeah, that's one. But then two, uh, as a coach, I always think that you got to be able to relate to your players and, and keep their attention on what's on what's most important. And that obviously didn't happen, and that's the reason why they kind of disappointed everybody this past year. 
So that that brings me back to the collective bargaining agreement. Um, maybe I'm out of touch. Obviously, um, you've played in in. I'm th- again. I'm 32 years old here, so um, I feel like I was the last. I do construction for a living, and I was like one of the last generations to really be talked to, frankly, like dog shit. And it had to have changed over in the coaching world now, where you know. I'm not saying that that people were being bad humans to me, talking to me how they did, but it's kind of like uh, it's like a maturing process, like stuff you got to go through to thicken up the skin. And it's like I feel that it's really hard to be a professional athlete, and you're given, you know, I mean, to kill. Look where you were drafted. You have all these expectations, and you actually lived up to it, man. You're so rare, and it's like I feel like the pressure is so unreal, and that it's clouded with money. People think that these kids got to be like the best students ever and all this is done and this and that. And it's like, it's really hard to deal with when you're not there and you don't have as much time now with coaches. Um, I kind of felt maybe that's why it didn't work out with Rex. I don't know. Could I be wrong? He didn't have his own guys in there either. to fuse up to, to help out, to help out that core, you know? Well, I mean, he brought a lot of his coaches. He had the opportunity to bring all of the coaches with him. So, I mean, that's really not an excuse. At the end of the day, bottom line, whenever you are paid a high amount of money to do a job, then the expectations are even higher than that money. And so that's part of what you sign up for, even though it's not actually written in the contract. Right. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, and that's the reason why I admire guys who are able to go out and not only play for a long time, but, uh, you know, the guys who are able to continue to be perennial pro bowlers, the guys who are always nominated as team captain, because that's the, to me, I think that's one of the biggest honors is just the fact that your peers are voting you as captain and it's coming from your peers and it's not altered in any type of way. So from, from your book, um, do you have is there something that uh, maybe a chip of information that that can transcend maybe from something you heard from a player? I'm not trying to you know be random here, but um, if you could have gone yeah, back and done gonna, things different, he's not gonna make you you read it to us, but um, you know, like like a common denominator of like life advice, you would say, or something that you really like picked up from in your book that we could look forward to reading. I would probably say, you know, before I get off and I got to go, that's a good question. I would probably say the one thing that really stood out for me creating my book behind the mask, which by the way, you can pick it up at behind the mask book.com is all all 12 guys had one defining moment to where the light bulb went off of them and they decided to make a commitment to something that was way bigger than the block that they grew up on. And by these by those guys making those sacrifices and and a big part of it was just changing their current circumstances. Uh, you know, a lot of guys grew up in poverty. You know, some guys in the book had to overcome obstacles as far as their parents being on drugs, but they still found a way to make it. 
And so for me, when I look at this book, the, the caveat to it is it's from one player to another. That's one, two. These guys shared their most intimate stories with me for an entire day. And most of the time when athletes or celebrities speak to reporters, they're only going to give you maybe 70, 75% of the truth. These guys opened up to me, and I was able to share not only their story, but their secret of how did they become great, what made them an outlier. I was able to share that with the world, and I'm forever grateful for that because they gave me an opportunity to share that. Well, Tequila, thank you, man, for um, for for coming on here and um, really going behind the scenes and cutting it raw with these classic linebackers that, I mean, these are names that you'll never, you know, ever forget in the history of football. I mean, you go back and watch NFL films as a kid and you see guys getting thrown on their head, you know. <laughs> um, so th- thank you so much for doing this. And, again, as you were talking, we had a splash screen up on our Facebook Live video, and your link is up right now, behind behindthemaskbook.com. Um, yeah, great trailer over at the website if you want more information about the book and the uh, process behind creating it. And, again, you know, it, it – it looks incredible. You, you did a hell of a job putting it together. Uh, forwarded by Dick LeBeau. I thought that was I thought that was very cool in and of itself. Yeah, um, it, it was. Got a lot of respect for him. He has a lot of respect for me, obviously. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the trailer because that's one of the favorite things that I really enjoy about my book is putting that trailer together, giving people some insight of what it really looked like when I was creating it. Uh, question for you, not to put you on the spot again. Did you do the video editing too? No, I didn't do the video editing. Oh, that's, I don't know if you've ever tried. It's, it, it's pretty, um, we've gotten no, addicted. No, I, I have. I've, I've done it before, but it's hard. I mean, it's, it's tedious. Yeah, we're, Very tedious. we're over here nerding out, loving that stuff. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah. Akio, man. You have a good night thanks, and, God. uh, we'll keep pumping it up, bud. All right. See you, man. All right, so that was uh, the Keo Spikes. That was pretty sweet. Wow, man. Yeah, why? Why yeah. is he talking to us? <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that was pretty incredible, though. Yeah, for real. Um, I, I really look forward to getting my hands on on my copy of that book. Yeah, the book sounds really interesting. Um, I feel like the guys he interviewed, a lot of them. I should say most of them, you come from a different time of sports where, um, you know, you had hockey players just literally just, oh, the, the Flyers are going to start beating the shit out of each other. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. And that was sports in the 70s. That was sorts that trickled into the 80s. The Roids come in. You get speed and power. And, you know, I mean, look, look, at, look at sports in general. They've all gotten softer. Um, football's gotten softer. Basketball's gotten softer. Baseball's always been soft. Um you know, so it's like, unless they're Pete Rose in an all-star game. Um, but, man, not even trying to be corny here, I'm pretty stoked to see what this book has to offer as far as insight behind the scenes and uh, how we can apply it to life, I would say. Because what's cool about, as an adult, picking up hockey late in life, um, it's cool being in a team environment and, and understanding 
what people's roles are on a team and it helps you in life. Like me, I've always had a hard time working with people. Shocker. Um, it, it helps me learn where I stand amongst a group of people and, and when to talk, when not to. And, you know, you're going to hear stories about these linebackers that have, have had to fight through a lot of adversity to get to where they're at. Like, like Takiyo was talking about at, at just coming off the block, you know? So, um, you know, fighting adversity makes us all stronger. At the same time, hopefully it doesn't kill you. Um, so I'm pretty stoked to see what this book really has entail. And, you know, hopefully it's inspirational to a lot of people because, I don't know, sometimes we all get down, life beats us up, hear some stories about some linebackers throwing quarterbacks on their head. Yeah, and you know what, man? I, I didn't get to it when we had him on the line, but... It says on the cover of that book, linebacker edition. I wonder if I wonder if there's going to be more of the same because the format is is just awesome. Because it, you know, again, he's just a creative dude and he's out there with a passion for photography. So I mean, the, it's as visually stunning as it is compelling to read. So. And this organically came together for him. His he's getting ripped on by the dudes. Like, what are you doing with that camera on yeah, your yeah. twenty inch neck? What are you doing? No, I don't know. <laughs> like, stop. So, yeah, I, you know what? I wouldn't criticize the dude. That's just me. I mean, n- super nice guy just now on the phone, but uh, yeah, pretty cool guy. I man. wouldn't, I wouldn't bust his balls about taking pictures. I'd just be like, all right, man. Yeah, just, for real. I'll, I'll smile, say cheese, whatever, whatever you need, man. I, I know what you're capable of. I've seen you on that on that pass rush. I don't want none of that. And you know what? He was he was such a great a great complete linebacker. He could, he could rush the passer. He could stuff the run. He could play coverage out there making these diving interceptions. That one on Tom Brady back in Oh three. You know, what were you telling me about that game with Belichick? Well, no, Belichick said it at one point that, you know, after that loss, it, it opened his eyes to like what he needed to do to win with that Patriots team. And well, I believe him. It looks like he figured it out. The prick. All respect due, I mean. Yeah, look, the Bills shut him out, and, and they won the Super Bowl like this year. You know? <laughs> the Bills give him a goose egg. Tom Brady's back. Oh, great. Now, you know, not for nothing, I got thinking about that game a little bit more. Are you telling me that game wasn't fixed? I mean, hmm, 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 hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody interesting saying anything? Oh, I don't know. I was I was looking I don't at even Tinder. Know. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm 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 joking. So um I'm pretty stoked for life right now and uh I can't wait to see what this off season brings. We've been taking we've been having our own little off season here for a couple of weeks. We've been just chilling out. So if you've been checking our podcast feed, we're sorry. We do still have plans to get. We got our dog Tim Avery from the Bug Jar fame. If you ever played the Bug Jar, he's booked everything over here in Rochester for that. Great ass dude. He he is uh, gonna help us analyze and break down the Senior Bowl because I don't know anything about it. And he called me when I was at work on a Saturday, and he's like, "Hey man, it's gonna go up to the bar and watch the Senior Bowl. You want to watch it with me?" And I'm like, "Wait, you're really gonna watch that?" <laughs> so he's gonna. So, He's going to let us know who to watch for with this with this draft coming up. And, you know, hopefully, you know, today's the day where where guys can start getting franchise tagged and 
you know, the, the decision on tie rods coming up. Hopefully some of this dust settles pretty soon and we can uh, start to really feel out what the positions of need are heading into this draft. Because right now I have no idea what this team's going to look like in the fall. I don't know who's here and who's not. It feels like we're going to lose a lot of guys. I don't know, man. Uh, Before it's all said and done. All I, know, I mean, all I know is I don't think I, I, I don't want to say it. Tis the season, man. I don't think I want to. I'm going to regret this, but. I don't think I want a quarterback at the time. If they're really eyeing Watson, I don't know if I want that. I don't know. I don't know enough information. I don't have enough information. Um, I, I, and if you're going to grab a receiver at the time, I don't have enough information again. I don't think you should because the way I look at it is the offense worked. You have enough pieces on the offense. And if you're going to keep Tyrod Taylor, which I think they will, I think you're, you're nuts if you're not starting Tyrod Taylor. I think you're absolutely nuts. He's not much money. Don't even... Bust my balls about it, but it, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, even he was saying in the media uh, with John Murphy, he was saying and, and during the Super Bowl week, um, you know, let's see what's all in my contract. Now, when a player says that, that really means that where the smoke is, and that is true. We're seeing what's all in my contract, but keep in mind, everybody's going to be playing both sides of it. Now, the Bills will be putting out there, oh yeah, we're, yeah, we're targeting Watson. We're tar, you know. Hey, whatever. You're targeting dude. That's the information you want to put out. Maybe Tyrod Taylor comes back to the table. Who you knows? Know, truthfully, with, with the condition of the roster as it is right now, I think the Bills want to look at best player available. If it fits maybe their top two positions in need. If not, you know who I want at 10? Nobody. Trade back. Get the picks. If you could find somebody who wants to trade with you, you know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that obviously there's there's no guarantees on on what you can and can't get, but someone someone's usually looking to move up into that top ten. So we're right on we're right on the cusp of where we might might be able to you know pull something nice. I just hope that we'll back in a second round or third round or whatever. Not, I, I just I'm hope that, it. that whatever happens at 10, it it helps with impacting the team this year. I, I've said it a lot lately. I will never forget um, a recent interview with Drew Bledsoe and John Murphy. And Drew Bledsoe was talking about guys like McGahee and, frankly, a backup quarterback and J.P. Lossman getting drafted and how those two pieces could not immediately help the team when he was there. And, you know... I don't know if there's a defensive back at 10. I don't know anything about the draft right now. I, I like to go. I feel like the draft is so far away, and people are doing so much unnecessary, <clears throat> at least to me. I'm not really into the I, I'm I'm into the draft, but I like to go in steps. Right now, what I'm waiting for is I'm waiting for um, free agency to hit, you know? A week before free agency, see what rumors start running around. Combine, see what rumors start run, flying around. You hit your free agency, right? Next thing you know, you got holes filled. Now you can reorganize your mock draft charts because why take in information that doesn't matter? Why? I, that's how I look at it. Now, when you listen to draft shows, what do you hear about? You hear constantly about first-round picks. So the way I look at it is, well, line up 60 of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Line up 60 of them, and, and hopefully the Bills can get one of those 60 or two of those, 
high 40 picks or, or best rated guys and the top two picks they have, you know? So it, it, it's, it's, it's so weird to project the draft for me, at least right now. Um, if you're looking for great draft coverage and stuff like that, check out cover1.net, any kind of coverage you need, cover1.net as far as X's and O's and deep cuts. You want to go deeper, you want to educate yourself about the game. I learned so much watching Eric's videos, and um, he's got a hell of a team over there. Nate Geary's working with him, and, um, you know, really just, I can't, I can't do the draft right now. Not not right now. I just can't. Yeah, I, mean, I love I love free agency because I love to see these 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 later guys. Now look, mid round guys. Mid I love the draft because I love to see what they get. Like I'm really intrigued, but like I'm not going to study thou- a thousand players. I'm just not going to. It's not happening. So what happens is I get by the time the draft comes, I'm oversaturated with the draft. So I try to keep it as fresh as possible. I try to take in information that don't matter. I'd rather read interesting lists of free agents right now that are going to be on the cheap that are like, line me up everybody coming off their first contract. The Bills have brought in guys off their first contract a lot who have produced very well. And honestly, those are the guys I'm interested in. The guys who are 24 to 26 to 25 that are going to play in the system for three, four years see what's up, maybe to get another contract. You know, that's, to me, that's more intriguing than, like, talking about, like, Jim Kelly's nephew. Sorry. Oh. I don't care about Chad Kelly. Cause by unless, the way. Unless weed's legal, I don't know, man. Like, By the way, what? not invited to the Combine. Yeah, because of off-field issues. Not invited. Come on. So, I don't know. That makes me that makes me wonder a little bit. I don't want another guy who's going to be blowing off playing football, but at the same time, not getting invited to the combine, his stock drops. If we can get him undrafted, fine. So be it. I'd rather have a guy who's already gone through re- rehab already, like Johnny Manziel. So oh, stop! No, bring in Manziel. You heard it here first. Bring him in, Doug. What you need a helper? You need a helper standing drywall again? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Yo, Johnny. Hey, man. We got a job for you. Hour away from Buffalo, dude. You can always make money. I know you're a California boy. Con- construction, you know. It's hard work, but so is football. You got you got the frame for it, dog. If my fat ass can can get out there and help, you can do something. You don't help me at all, so. Yeah, well. I don't know what you're talking about. I've, uh. No, you haven't. Oh, I've I've painted some things. I've drywalled some things. I've done no. some plumbing. Mm-mm. I've done some electrical. I wouldn't hire me, but I've done it. Look, anything with time and promises, not, not, don't. If it's on a pay, you know, don't lend them money. Don't lend them money. Lend me some money. All right, let him. So, all right, so look at me. I'm I'm starving. I'm, Adam I'm dot away. Yeah, yeah. Adam Deacon dot GoFundDeacon dot com. Um, just PayPal it to me. Don't don't make me humiliate myself any more than I already have. So I don't know what anybody's opinions are really about this upcoming off season. If they should build to the draft, I was trying to get that out of the key a little bit, which is like what what are you know that number thirty? I I, I really believe that's a thing. Yeah. Think, 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 let me run this by you. Let me run this by you. All right. 
right, let's hear it. So if a guy gets hurt at 28 years old, right? Yep. And then he takes, you know, an ACL, they say that guys aren't the same. I mean, Adrian Peterson is an, an anomaly. They say it takes guys two years, or used to take two years for them to be 100%. Um, and it makes me wonder, if a guy gets hurt at 28 or even 29 or 30, and they have the injury, well, now, by the time you come back, well, here he is. He's a 30-year-old linebacker. Oh, here he is. He's a 30-year-old running back. Oh, here he is. He's a 30-year-old this. He's a, you know, he's getting close to 30. Or, oh, he's over 30. And and it's like, how many guys do you see that are super athletes and they, they, they can't get it together? And then you get guys like Lorenzo Alexander who they do with their ass. I mean, you even look at Elige Duzovo. He did what he had. He was asked to do. A good, very good football player. And Zach Brown did what he was asked to do. They come in and they do their job. And Zach Brown wasn't as old, you know. But Alexander is really making the, the point on that. Um I don't know how it works with the vet minimums with the cat because I am also pretty sure that obviously, you know, you get a guy who doesn't have a veteran minimum, he's a lot cheaper than a vet, you know. So there's also that. Um, the draft, I don't like to depend on potential. Uh, that's how the that's what the draft is: is you're you're betting on potential. Um, but if you look at teams like the Patriots, if you want to throw it in there, which you can say their drafts just suck, but they have a lot of contributing mid-round, late-round, fourth-round picks, fifth-round picks, obviously Tom Brady's sixth-round pick um, over the years. And I, I really think it comes down to smart football players who's going to do the work. Oh, so yeah. No, absolutely. You know, IQ is not all you need, but... It can it can get your team real 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 far, especially if you got some guys who are used to winning, and uh, you know, all this Cardell Jones talk. I think that got I got think that got blown way out of proportion, because the article came out about oh Whaley said Jones could be a star, but there was no actual quote of Whaley saying that. Vic Carucci put the article out from from Buffalo News, and I mean we've mentioned things of his before where we were like yeah it seems a little misconstrued. You know, everyone has their opinion, whatever. But I just almost feel like that was, like, something that might have been, like, taken right away from its, like, original context. Because that's one of those things where he might say, oh, yeah, I think I think Cardell Jones has all the physical attributes mm. to be successful in this league. He could be a starter in this league with, with, with his size and his arm. Something like that. And that gets twisted around into, like, oh, yeah, he could be our starter. I mean, what's what's the guy supposed to say? We... We we wanted to burn up a fourth round pick for no good reason. Like we're gonna toss this guy in the dumpster in two years. Like ha ha ha. No, like yeah, he drafted the dude. Of course, of course, he saw saw potential there. Is he ready? I don't think so, and I honestly don't think he thinks so either. So, you know, I guess as a public service announcement for the off season, stay objective, read between the lines. Remember, sometimes these guys just gotta go out there and say say the team phrases, you know what I mean? They got to go out there and and read the script to be to be quite quite frank about it, you know? And, and listen, the day the bill season ends, the day the bill season ends, everything from now until the end of the draft was a lie. Don't believe anything. 
Don't believe anything. The Bills are looking for a quarterback at 10. Okay, of course they are. Like, of course they're going to take a look. You know what you're going to start hearing now in Pro Football Talk? I guarantee you it's almost that season where you're going to start hearing people answer questions about the Bills needing to build a fucking stadium. Well, excuse my French, but to build a stadium. Eh. And I'm so sick of hearing it. You know, the Bills, were, you know, they got to compete. They, shut up. No, stop. Stop. Don't don't tell me they need to build a stadium because you care about attendance. You care about this. When you're going to have the Chargers play, like, in some dump, like some small-ass arena in, in L.A., and, and you're having the Oakland Raiders forever playing in that Oakland stadium, which supposedly they're moving to Vegas. But they got to, it's like, I don't want to hear that the Bills need a new stadium. They don't. They don't. They don't need anything. Okay. Until people stop going to the games, they don't need anything. I'm sorry. I think the, the I think the location is fine. What you want to go downtown? You want to move the stadium downtown? You want to get in that talk? I'm sure they're planning on that. Hell no! I want to go out to Hammer's Lot to the Red Pinto tailgate. I want to go to New Era, formerly the Ralph, formerly Rich, formerly whatever you want, what whatever you feel more comfortable calling it. I want to be in Orchard Park. They're not going to let. They're not gonna let all this shit that we do before the game fly downtown. Don't don't buy just don't buy into it. Everything is lying season. I mean, you you have you have to to really if you were if you want to connect dots, you have to go on go on websites like CoverOne.net. Find out what schemes that McDermott likes to run, that Rick Dennison, the offensive coordinator, has run. What Leslie Frazier has done. Um, you know, just to name Leslie Frazier alone, look into it. You're going to see Tony Dungy connect. I remember when Leslie Frazier was the hot coaching candidate when he was under Childress in Minnesota, before he even, you know, got the job in Minnesota, he was, uh, as, as head coach when Childress was relieved of his duties, he was even touted as being a hot candidate. Oh, this is, you know, and he kind of got a shit luck of the deal at quarterback, Really, in his record, Leslie Frazier's record wasn't good in Minnesota. But look who you're shouting out there, Christian Ponder, which, who, by, oh, by the way, the Bills liked. Scary thought. Yeah, and then, I mean, you want to talk about records not being great. I mean, I feel like 80% of you Bills fans at one point were like, we should hire Jim Schwartz to be our head coach. Look at his record. His record was crap. It doesn't doesn't really speak to what he does as a coordinator. So right. let's, uh, you know, let's take this. Let's take this one step at a time here. See what we got. You know, when we're done here, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, play the video back. Listen to Takeo Spikes. He had nothing but but high praise for for Sean McDermott and his work work ethic. They crossed paths in 07 in Philadelphia. He was the DB's coach there. Next year, he became the linebackers coach and then the defensive coordinator the following year, right up until he went to the uh, the Carolina Panthers. So. Look, I don't, mean, I'll take I'll take Takeo Spike's word for it. Don't forget, check out that book. Um, and book. Uh, behindthemaskbook.com. And for the audio listeners, behind the book or behindthemaskbook.com. Behindthemaskbook.com. Really rad cover. All the photos are taken by Takeo Spikes himself. He got into how he got into photography. Really rad. Um, yeah, if you missed Takeo at the top of our show, he was on He was on with us for probably about the first 10, 10 or 11 minutes there. He had a meeting he had to get to, but we, we appreciate him coming on so much. And, you know, it, it, it was almost surreal when that phone rang. 
And he's like, hey, guys, it's Tequila. I was like, no way. <laughs> so very fortunate to uh, have been able to get him on to tell us about this book. I'm, I'm psyched to read it. And, and as always, thank you to Bills for Life for, for putting this on. And to you audio listeners out there, every 7 p.m.-ish, we say ish, ish. because we might have technical difficulties. Or we stupid. might have an awesome guest and, you know, have to bump it back an hour. Right. We, we bumped back an hour to six, got moved a little bit. But, hey, everybody's schedule's hectic around the world. So. But that's all right because if you miss it live. It's still out there. You can watch it when, when you're done. Leave a comment. I might comment back. I usually do. I always try to. PunchDrunkSports.com. They have a podcast where it's like three comedians talking to general sports. Uh, Ari Shafir, Jason Tebow, and Sam Tripoli. Um, they just had Steve Renazizi on after the Super Bowl from uh, the guy from the league. Really awesome podcast. I love that show, man. I really do. Uh, yeah, it's a great I show. I really appreciate the shit out of the um, writing on that. Yeah, I was just watching Family Guy and old news, but they had Gronk on there. It was hilarious. Like how they drew in Gronk. It's like the biggest partying douchebag. I was like, oh, my God. Nailed it. It was so awesome. I mean, hey, I want to party with Gronk. But you, you party with Gronk. Numbillsfan.com. Find me on Twitter at numbillsfan. I'm on Twitter at numbillsadamd. Chia. Thanks for watching. We're out. Tequila Spikes. Again, um, thank you so much for everything. Uh, really appreciate there's that, it. There's that website again. Go check that book out. Man, we were scraping to get like a practice squad guy on or something. Yeah, we thought we, we got... would have to beg for like a, an undrafted like reject guy who got cut, you know, <laughs> on the first day of cuts. And we ended up getting, you know, first round pick. <laughs> Top top half of the draft. Yeah, man, thirteenth overall, man. So, Takio, thank you again, and uh, best of luck with everything with the book, man. Take yep. care. And there it is, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We had a great time talking with Takio last night, and we hope to do a lot more stuff like this going forward in 2017. Big things in the works. Stay tuned. Numb Bills fan podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and numbillsfan.com. And we will uh, we'll see everyone next, next Wednesday on Facebook, right? Right. All right. Go Bills.